increases. Amen. You believe that? Got your Bible now while the ushers are finishing up. Grab your Bible. Let's just make this Bible confession again. I know we did that a moment ago, but while we're standing, let's just do it again. I'm going to get in. I'm going to preach quick for those of you that are wondering. Say this with me. Susan will have my CDs going. Sometimes I get in her car and she'll have it going. And I say, why in the world do I preach that fast? Can y'all understand when I'm preaching? I'm going to preach slower today. So hold your Bible up high. <laughs> Say, thank God for my Bible again. I love the Word of God. It is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, and I'll hide God's Word in my heart so that I might not sin against God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God, you may be seated. Now, all right, let me tell you something, just to remind you. Four weeks ago today, is that right? Three weeks, excuse me, three weeks ago today, today's part four. We began a series called I Dare You. Yes, and uh, we talked about, oh, y'all have to help me. The first one was I Dare You to be the richest person in town that amen. anybody's ever heard about. The second one to be the most highly favored person. Amen. High favors of God. You should have sat in that. All those are available, I think, out there on the table. And then last week we talked about the one with the biggest faith. I Dare You to be the amen. biggest faith man, faith woman that anybody's amen. ever met. Right. Well, today... I want to stay in that vein. I want, to, I want you to write some of these notes down, and I'm going to preach to you quick. i got a lot of information, but I'm going to talk quick to you. But it, and how you hear the word today, how you, Jesus said take, in, in the book of Luke, he said, take heed how you hear. Or in other words, take heed how you listen to the word. Amen. You've got, you got to make sure that you're grasping it. That will make the difference in whether you're just going to settle on milk, bread, meat, strong meat, or the hidden manna. See, it's, it's how you hear and begin to act on and respond to the word. Today I want to talk to you about, I dare you, number four, to be the healthiest person among your peers. Amen. Just decide you're going to be the healthiest person out of your graduating class or childhood peers that you grew up with or whatever it is and just going to outlive them all. Somebody say amen if you can do that. Amen. And the reason I talk about that, and let me give you a scripture just to start out, and I don't have this on the, on the screen this morning, but this will be all right just to start out with one over here in Third John. If you'll turn back toward the back of the Bible, almost all the way back to Revelation, not far from it. If you go get find Revelation, just back up. You come back into the little book called Jude, and then you get Third John, Second John, First John. But go to Third John, Third Epistle of John. Amen. Now, I could quote this verse to you, and you know it. It'd be familiar to you. Look at the second verse. It says, "Beloved, I wish above all things." Now, this is one chapter. I'm just waiting. I still hear some of you turning. That's why I've waited. Are you there? Everybody's got it. Say amen. amen. All right. Third John, third epistle of John, only one chapter there. Look at the second verse. He says, Beloved, I wish, now this is God's prayer for me and you. The word wish actually means prayer. I pray above all things that you may prosper. We talked about that two weeks ago. And be in health even as your soul prospers. So God's will is that you be in health. That's the part I'm going to sit around today. He does not want you to be sick. Now here's why, and I hope you'll write some of this down. Because number one is that sickness is a thief preventing you from having and enjoying a good and rich life. Sickness, disease, weakness, infirmity, all of those things that we talk about. I'm just summing it up when I say sickness today. I'm talking about all those things. Sickness is a thief. It's a robber. It's a thief that prevents us from having and enjoying a wonderful and a good, rich life. So make sure you understand it real clearly. I know you've heard some preachers say other things. I, I stick with the Bible. Sickness is evil. It's never been of God. God does not put sickness on people to teach people. He doesn't put sickness on to train people. That's not the way that God operates. 
Sickness is evil and it is not of God. The interesting thing about it is God never introduced it. You'll never find a scripture, a chapter and verse in the Bible where God introduced it or presented it as a gift to, to man ever. It just wasn't in there. Because so, I mean, if he made eat sickness for man, he'd say, look, here's sickness for you. I, I brought it to you. But you'll never see that happen. What you actually see happen is that sickness just showed up after Satan got involved and came on the scene with man. Sickness came on. See, one, one minister, F.F. F. Bosworth, used to say it like this. He said, sickness is the foul... Of, now think of the Garden of Eden when man sinned. There was no sickness until Adam sinned. Bosworth said, sickness is the foul offspring of its illegitimate father, the devil, and its mother, sin. In other words, when Adam listened to the devil and sinned, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, when they sinned, the offspring of that, the result of that sin with sickness and disease, weakness, infirmity, and, and all of them ends in death. Sickness. And if you started looking at all sickness, all weakness and infirmity in your body as the beginnings of death, and know that now what we're going to learn is that Jesus redeemed us from death, which means He redeemed us from the sickness. I'll show you all that in chapter and verse in just a minute as quickly as we can. But the idea that I want you to get here is that sickness is evil. It is not of God. The devil's behind it. And God wants us to be free of it today. And I'm daring you to become the healthiest person. You, know, you can actually take this. What I want you to get before we go home today. You can actually take your body from whatever physical place you are today. And see it restored back to the health and vigor of a child. Amen. Now, I'll give you chapter and verse on that today. But you can see your body's health restored if you'll begin to do the right things. Now, one of the things you're not going to enjoy, some of you won't like, because I'm going to have to deal with just touch. Now, this is not, listen, I can't preach you 20 weeks of information today. You understand, I'm just giving you a dare, a challenge to go after it. But one of the things we're going to have to talk about today is not only spiritual law and what Jesus did for us, but also natural law. Amen. The same God that made spiritual laws made natural laws. Right. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, because we've we had people over the years in our church die. It hadn't been a, we don't have a lot of church funerals. How many of you know that if you've been around a long time? How many of you are not doing your funeral this year? Amen. You better, you better say amen to that because I'm taking notes. I'm watching who's saying that because if I... If I go up to you and you try to die on me and I remember you that Sunday, you said, not me, you're not doing my funeral. I'm saying, in Jesus' name, come up from there, you know. But if I look at you and say, well, you know, I don't think they made that confession that Sunday. I'm going to let them go. Somebody all looked at me like that. <laughs> no, you better, you better believe that. I mean, I'm serious about it. Um, you know, somebody said one time, they, were, they said, what? <laughs> the Sunday school teacher asked, the little children in church one day said, what would you want people to say if you were in your coffin? Because they'd all seen funerals. You know, I don't know why she asked this in church, but what would y'all want people to say when they walked by? You know, or live your life in a way. What, what would you want people to say is what she was getting at. And one little, little girl said, well, uh, I guess when they came by my coffin one day, I'd want them to say she lived a good life, you know. Another one, what would you say? Well, the other boy said, I, I would want him to say, you know, he was a great man for our nation and did great things to help people. Next came the next little boy, what would you want to say when you come by? I said, I want him to look down at me and say, I think I saw him move. <laughs> I think he's moved. He's alive. That's what I hope they say about me. <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh, man. I dare you to be the healthiest person among your peers. So sickness only showed up after Satan came on the scene because only good gifts and perfect gifts come from God. Look on the screen real quick with me at a verse. Look at this. 
Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Now, this is James chapter 117. It says, every good gift, notice what I underlined for you. The underlining is mine. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father, God, of lights, the one that created the lights, the sun, the moon, the stars, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, there's not, what, I know that's a little confusing on the bottom, no variableness. One, one translation says, no chance of eclipse with God. In other, words, in other words, if God put the sun to rise in the east and set in the west, and that's the way it's going to be as long as this earth remains, God only gives good gifts, He only gives perfect gifts, and He's never changing, just like that. You can understand that better if you look here at the easy-to-read version. It says, everything good comes from God. Yes. Every perfect, that's why, you, that's why I said sickness doesn't come from God. How many of you right. had enough sickness in your family or your own body to know there's nothing good about sickness? Right. Ain't nothing good about it. Right. You, you, tell, you go try to tell a cancer patient, this wonder, this cancer's of God. I've, I've never, I have to say those kind of things because I've come through a time over the 40 years of ministry, you come through times where preachers get in pulpits and say God puts sickness on people to teach people. I've heard preachers say sickness is a great gift of God. Well, that's, that's fine to say that for the preacher until his child gets that cancer. Oh, and all of a sudden he won't, whoa, whoa, wait a minute now, we don't that. No, no, you said sickness is a good thing. If sickness is a good thing, let's pray they get two tumors instead of one. Oh, let's pray for everybody and the singers and the choirs to get it. I mean, that's, if it's a good thing, let's pray all the saints get cancer today. If it's a good thing, well, we wouldn't pray that. We got more sense than that. So keep that sense is what I'm saying. I dare you to say I'm not moving in sickness and disease. I'm moving in life and health and victory. So read it again. It says, this is the easy to read version. And I, and I kind of put it because it's simpler for me and you easy to read. It says, everything good comes from God. Everything perfect, every perfect gift is from him. These good gifts come down from the father who made the lights in the sky. God never changes. He's always the same. So in other words, he's not going to change and, and, put sickness on somebody to teach him something because he, he didn't do it in the first place and he's not doing it now. Sickness is bad. Why does God heal today? Because he loves you and because you're important to him. That's why he heals today. It's because he don't want sickness. No more than you as a parent would want sickness in your child. He doesn't want sickness in his children. And you better believe that. So it's not a, it's not a good thing. So I dare you now. Listen, let me make this statement. So I dare you. I'm challenging you today in this series. That's what we've been doing to take, number one, take control of your body today. And determined to become the healthiest and the strongest and to live the longest among anybody in your, I said in your high school graduating class or among your childhood acquaintances or whatever may be, I dare you to be the healthiest and the strongest and to live the longest. But you're going to have to make that decision today and say, you know what, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to do what it takes. Again, as I said, don't think for a minute that you're going to get everything in this one service and no way in the world to do it. Somebody asked me, how long does it take to really preach everything on healing? I don't know. Somewhere after 40 years, I've been trying for 40 years, and you can't get it all out. So you've got to get this in your spirit. It's going to be you taking the dare, the challenge, to fight your way out of this yes. thing. And, and, and when I say fight, now it's not a fight with sickness. Jesus already defeated sickness, yeah. but it's to fight the mental attitudes that we have, thinking That's that right. this sickness is a normal part right. of our life Amen. and our future. And so you're going to have to say, I'm going to break this thing with my faith. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith, and I'm going to come out of this thing in Jesus' name. Now, the Bible says something really extraordinary about you. It says that you've been made in the very image of of God. When he created you, he created you in his very image. In other words, he designed you to be ex an expression of him on this planet. Just like your children are an expression of you naturally, God says that he designed you, created you to be an expression of him. Look at this scripture on the screen, Genesis 1:27. The Bible says God created man in his own image. Now you think about yourself. God created you. You have been created in God's own image. In the image of God created he, him, me and you, Male and female is how he created us. Notice there's not another gender in there. Male and female is how he created us. 
Say amen to that <laughs> while we're on that. But notice he created us to be in his image. And it's the same way with our health. From creation, God intended that you would be his son and daughter and carry his own image just to be like him. Because we know the Bible says not only did he create us in his image, but also in his likeness. In other words, he created you with the purpose or with the plan of you being just like him. Say that. Just like him. What do you mean just like him? I mean blessed like him. Healthy and strong like him. Wealthy like him. Joyful like him. Strong like him. Here's one. Energetic like him. Energetic is a big word I want to deal with today. Now I'm telling you there's some people in here today that's going to latch hold of that word energetic. And you're going to decide, you know what? Energy is something that I need. And that energy comes from God and from his word. And I'm going to just dare you to take all the energy that belongs to you. Uh, Now it's hard sometimes to preach to young people when they're in health. Because they think, I don't need that, you know. But how many of you... Can remember when you was young. You remember back a day and how quickly that time slipped away? You know, and I remember Gloria Copeland when I was in my 20s. You know, she'd say, I'm preaching on healing right now. You might not think you need it, but before you know it, you'll be wanting it. And I got to thinking, man, I wish I'd have paid better attention. Like like, uh, one lady said one time, she said, I'd I'd have took better care of myself if I'd known I was going to live so long. Well, that's a real important key. What you start doing today is going to make a difference in your future. So from creation, God wants you to be just like Him, blessed like Him, healthy and strong, wealthy, joyful, strong, and very energetic. Why did He create us that way? Well, it was nothing. Actually, if you think about it, it was really nothing short of the abundant life is what He was intention for man to live in, the abundant life, an overflowing abundant life. Now, man disobeyed the plans we've already talked about. Man sinned, forfeited, all for a devil's lie. Man forfeited all the abundant life that God had for him. And that's when sickness was introduced into man's life. Sickness, disease, weakness, death, all of it came back. But then Jesus came as the redeemer. Now I want you to listen to this word, this redemption word. Jesus came to redeem you, the Bible says. He's our redeemer. What does this word redeem mean? Well, another word for it just means purchaser. He's our one that purchased. He paid the price to get us. We, we uh, were at Ronnie and Amanda's wedding on Thursday and when we left we went by to see Susan's aunt that's 90 years of age and, and uh, just precious lady and supporter of this ministry Amen. puts more in this ministry in a month than some of y'all do in a year and to be a blessing to us and that and just thrills our hearts you know and uh, we went to visit with her and pray with her and have lunch with her and just had a wonderful time but on the way anyway what I was going to tell you is on the way over there we were going through Fairfield and, and uh, Inslee and, and I guess you call the, where the fairgrounds is. Is that Fairfield where the fairgrounds was? And we were passing there and I, I pointed at the building. I said, Susan, that was where I intended to take you on our first date, but you turned me down. <laughs> so I took Arnold. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, that we were talking about that. Well, anyway, she pointed out something to me on the way. She said, now that, she said, right down there. Yep, still there. She said, that's where we used to have the S&H Green Stamp store. She said, when I was little, does anybody remember S&H Green Stamps? When I was a kid in, in Jasper, growing up in Jasper, we had A&P grocery store. And, and you go to A&P, and you get through, they'd give you green stamps, you know, credit stamps. And then you had these little booklets, and you'd fill them in, and our job was to lick them and stick them, you know, and that kind of thing. I think 50 filled a page, 51 cents filled a page, or you could have one fifty stamp, and it was always neat when you had it, because you could, you could talk after a 50 cent. You had one fifty anyway, and you go through that. Well, mother, would, mother and my grandmother would fill up, her mom would fill up these books of green stamps. You might have 10, 12, 50, I don't know what they might have had, but just books of them. And then you'd go to the Birmingham S&H green stamp store, and they had, it was just like a, almost like a Walmart of that day, but nothing big like this, but it was a, it had everything from home goods to clothing items and, you know, lamps and 
some furniture and I don't know what all, but just all kinds of things that you might find in there. And you didn't purchase it with money. You purchased it with your green stamp books. You, and what it was called, you go there to redeem your stamps or with your stamps to redeem items with that. You might see a lamp or something that was 32 green stamps books, or you might see something that was four and a half green stamp books or whatever it might be. And you'd purchase with those kind of things. Redeem just simply means you bought it back. And this is the idea. Jesus came as our redeemer to buy us out of the life of sickness. Now, I've already talked about finances. There's a lot more than what I'm talking about today, but I just want you to know I'm centering up on healing today for our physical body. But Jesus came to redeem us from a life of weakness, a life of sickness and disease. And when he went to that cross and paid the price for our sins, he paid the price for the penalty of sin. And the penalty of sin was the sickness and the disease that followed Adam's lifestyle. So he took care of all that at the cross. He's our redeemer. Now, notice this verse on the screen tells us this. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19. And I chose to read this to you out of the Amplified Version. So let's look at this together. It says, you, you must know, you must recognize that you, Christian, were redeemed. Right. You understand that now? You've been purchased. Yes. You were yes. ransomed. Yes. A ransom paid for somebody that's been kidnapped. Yes. Yes. So you were kidnapped by the devil. Yes. Why, am I, why am I having a hard life? Because the devil's had you. Wow. Why sickness and disease? That's the devil's doing in your life. Right. Well, let's get that all undone today with our relationship right. with Jesus. Right. Amen, Amen to that. So he said, you must know and recognize that you were redeemed or ransomed from the useless, fruitless way of living that was inherited by the traditions of your forefathers, not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. Now, I wish I had more time to talk about this, but what I want you to see is you have the blood of Jesus bought right and privilege to have health in your body, to have your body return back to health, to get up in the mornings and feel good physically, to have more energy than you've ever had, and to, and to do any task that you want to do. Energy is a real big deal. And so you have the blood right, blood bought right to do it. You weren't bought, he said, with silver and gold. You were bought with a pre- something more valuable than silver and gold, with the precious blood of Jesus. So it's a right. It's a blood-bought privilege. So I said, well, I just don't believe in healing, and I don't believe in that. Well, then you don't appreciate what Jesus shed his blood to give you. Now, is that the only thing? No, but that's what we're centering on today, to get you redeemed from sin, from sickness, disease, poverty, all these things. But his blood bought it for you, and that's, that's important. So you have a right to it. I want you to start getting that in your mind when you feel a pain in your body rather than saying, oh, my goodness, I guess that's that old arthritis coming back, or I guess that's my age, or I guess that's this going on. The first thing ought to come out of your mouth, I've got a blood-bought right for this to get off my body. Jesus went to the cross and bore this so I wouldn't have to. And the Bible says he took the entire curse. It's not for you to have to. Look at Romans chapter 5, and let's look at this one together. Turn there right quick with me, would you? I dare you to become the healthiest. You can. The Bible proves that we can. It's just you've got to want it and go after it and be willing to do it. And there are certain things, like I said, certain natural laws that you've got to do. I sum it up like this. You've got to learn, it's okay, I'm going to eat the apple a day. You know, if, that, if that's true, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, then all right, I'm going to eat the apple a day. I'm going to walk the mile a day. Most people sit around and think about those kind of things, but they don't ever begin to do it. But yet you've got to exercise your body. Brother Copeland, who is now about to be 83 years of age, if you, if you hug him, give him an embrace today, you'll find out he's got some Arnold Schwarzenegger muscles going on under there. Because he decided just a few short years ago that if he's going to live to be 120, because God told him, I need you at 120 on this earth. And, and God said, I need you to go to that 120. And he said, you don't have your health moving that way. And so Brother Copeland decided, I'm going to have to start doing what it takes and eating right and, and sleeping right. Right, amen. 
Come on now. Say amen to that. That's natural laws that God put in motion because eventually those things will catch up with you if you don't eat right and don't do the things right and just laugh about you. Well, I don't hardly ever sleep. Well, that'll eventually take its price on you because your body was made to have those eight hours of sleep and there's a certain time. Well, anyway, but we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. But look at Romans chapter five. Jesus redeemed us and uh, this is a powerful verse to look at. And it talks about the ultimate sickness and disease which ends in death. Romans chapter 5, and because of time, let's just go to the 19th verse. We just have to read this kind of quick. 19, it says, For as by one man's disobedience, now that's Adam's disobedience in the Garden of Eden. His sin brought problems to me and you. What, Brother James? I mean, what you're battling today with sin or sickness or poverty, any of those things, is not what, it's not because of what you've done necessarily. It's what you fell heir to. Adam's sin and transgression. Because Jesus already took care of it, and that's what we're going to look at today. For as by one man's disobedience, Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden, many were made sinners because of Adam's sin. So by the obedience now of one, Jesus, shall many be made righteous. So you've got to decide, am I going to identify with Adam in the Garden of Eden that brought problems, or am I going to identify with Jesus that fixed it? See, first Adam, last Adam. See, he's called in the book of Corinthians. Verse 20, moreover, the law, Old Testament law, entered so that the offense of Adam might abound on everybody. But where sin abounded, God's grace does much more abound. Oh, that's where the shout and amen goes right there. Where sin abounded through Adam, grace through Jesus has much more abounded. Verse 21, so that as sin has reigned unto death, sickness, weakness, infirmity, all the way down to death, even so now might grace reign in our bodies through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So we're going to put more association with Jesus than we do with what Adam did to us. In other words, get free of what Adam did to you by receiving what Jesus did for you. Somebody say amen if you can see that. So Jesus introduced righteousness and grace to us. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it belongs to us. Now let me tell you something about it. I mentioned that word energetic. I want to deal with that just for a moment. As I dare you to become a person that overcomes disease and weakness, decide that you're going to be free of Satan's assault. I keep wanting to blame all this on Satan, but let me show you this, one of the scriptures that will bring it out. Let me give you another one right quick here on the screen. This is John 8. Remember where Jesus said, he said this to those that believe on him. He said, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Can you see that now? So think about that. We're his disciples. We're here with the Bibles open today. We're continuing in his word. So we're his disciples indeed. Amen. You're a serious disciple if you're in church on Sunday morning. Amen. You're a serious disciple if you've got the word of God open, right? Amen. And we're a serious disciple if we believe what we're reading. Okay, so that's what he said. If you continue in my word, you're my disciple indeed, and then you'll know the truth. Yeah. Now notice it doesn't, here's what I got to get you to see. It doesn't say the truth will make you free. That's what it says is you'll know the truth, and that means the truth now that you know will make you free. Yes. Amen. That's good. Amen. It's important that you spent continuing the word so that word gets stronger. Faith grows. And you get stronger on what God says about this. And when you do that, you'll start casting off Satan's tyranny. Well, let me show you what I mean by that. In, uh, let, me, let me go back to this idea. Go, go to a scripture off, off of this. Just a minute. Go to the book of Acts right quick. Acts chapter 10. I better read this one to you. Just take a moment to do it. Acts 10, 38. Get you to turn there. It won't hurt us at all. Amen. Won't hurt you. It'll help you. Amen. How many is glad you're in church today? Yes. Amen. How many would rather be here than on life support? Amen. How many would rather be here than locked up in prison somewhere? Amen. We're comparing apples to apples, right? Mm-hmm. 
I love the Word of God. Now, Acts 10, I want you to see this because this is going to let you know why you want to cast off sickness and disease. Because here's what Satan's trying to do, you with, do to you with this. This is Acts 10, 38. This is Peter preaching on the day of Cornelius' conversion when he went into Cornelius' house and the Holy Ghost fell on the Gentiles. You remember the story. And he was preaching among the Gentiles. He's preaching about Jesus. This is just one verse out of his sermon. Look at this 38th verse. He said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, and Jesus went about doing good. Now watch it real close. Jesus went about doing good and healing all, not some, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now we know that the Bible says Jesus healed all that would come to him and sometimes he'd get into crowds of 5, 10, 20,000 people and heal all the sick in there in one time. Sometimes whole cities were there would come. The Bible says all, the whole city came to him through the night and he would cast out devils and heal the sick. Nobody escaped that healing anointing that would come to him like that. Here's what I want you to see. Everybody that Jesus healed in his earthly ministry, he said in this verse, was under the oppression of the devil. Now, the word oppression means under the tyranny or under the rule that Satan was controlling people with sickness and disease. Now, this ought to be enough to make you want to shake it off. You say, well, Brother James, now I know I've got sickness, but I don't think Satan's controlling me with it. Oh, no, look how he's controlling it. Can you go to church? No, I'm too sick to go to church today. Um, come and play with me, Grandmama. Um, Grandmama don't feel like playing today. See, Grandmama don't feel good. See, sickness is controlling what you can and what you can't do. Sickness don't control. Oh, yeah, sickness. If it gets on your body, it'll control you. It'll tell you what to do. It'll tell you how to spend your money. That's right. Well, I'd love to buy that today, but I got to pay for this medication, see, or I got to pay this to the doctor. One friend of mine just had a problem come up, and he was in the hospital, just a pastor just the other day, two weeks ago, in the hospital. Next thing he knows, just in a few minutes, he's got a $50,000 bill at the hospital and still got medical problems to overcome. Sickness is a controller. It's the tyranny of the devil. It's how he controls your life, what you can do, what you can't do, what you feel like doing, what you don't feel like doing. And it's a thief. That's why you've got to understand that sickness and disease is a thief. It robs you of time. It robs you of joy. It robs you of courage. It robs you of money. Sickness robs loved ones of their time trying to take care of the sick person. And they do it. We do it all our life to take care of people that we love. But Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will get you free of all that. So I'm daring you to be very serious today about defeating disease and sickness off of your body. And, and uh, let, let me say, sickness, I said it to you, sickness robs us. It steals from us. Here's a statement I want you to listen. Wealth can't buy health. You, you need to hear this. This is coming from one of the wealthiest men that this nation ever produced. He said, wealth can't buy health. But he said, but health can buy wealth. Because if you're not physically able to take the opportunities of business or ideas of work or plans or dreams and visions and goals that God gives you, and you're physically not able to do it, you'll miss those opportunities. Right. He said, wealth can't buy your health, but health can buy your wealth. Because if you've got enough health, you'll have the energy to do. Woo, yes. Young people... Young people quite often look at wealthy people. I'm just saying young people starting out, if they've got a desire to be wealthy in this nation, and wealth belongs to every Christian. The Bible is full of wealth. You better believe it. It's full of wealth. And keeping it in its right place, never letting it be Lord or govern over you. But, but, but God doesn't mind how much you have. He just don't want money having you. As long as you, you anyway, I wish I had time to preach that on that. But listen, real quick, and I'll have to let you go. So young entrepreneurs a lot of times looks at older, wealthier people to try to find what's the common trait. You'll see that all the time. People say, what's the common trait about millionaires? What's common about billionaires? And they look for that thing. 
And, uh, and, and it's hard to find. It's hard to discover really what is it because you'll find wealthy people that are short and you'll find wealthy people that are tall. You'll find wealthy people that are young. You'll find wealthy people that are old. So it doesn't have anything to do with age or size. You'll find wealthy people that have great education. And then you'll find some people that have little to no education that are yet very extremely wealthy. So what, what makes the difference in people? It, you find people that come from the country and people that are city slickers. And they can be wealthy people among both of them. It makes, it, it, so it's kind of difficult sometimes to find what is the common trait. But there was an interesting thing that came out a number of years ago. I mean, this was before most of you were born. But back in the, this, this article was written, I think, in the, I don't know what year, but in the early part of the 20th century. And it was written on the General Motors Corporation. And they took their, their top executives, 12 of their top executives, and they gave a little bit of a, a profile about them. And, and when you read it, trying to find out what was common about these men. At that time, it was all men involved. Now women just as, as powerful, you know. And, and that's wonderful. I ain't got time to... I'm not arguing. So, just, you know, I'm on... I'm ladies, I, woo, women, woo, woo, woo. I had somebody one time say, Brother James is just against women. I said, no, my mama was a woman. I, I'm not against them at all. Something I said, they took the wrong stupid way. But it, it profiled 12 of the, the top leading executives of the General Motor Corporation in the early, early part of the 1900s. All of them came, if you're looking for a common trait, all of them came from different backgrounds. Different education levels, as we said, different classifications. Some were geniuses. Some were just old pluggers. You know what I mean? Just, just natural people with common sense and that kind of thing. So you couldn't find it except for one thing if you looked hard enough. One thing that was common with every one of them. And this is not going to be the thing you think I was going to give you. You ready for this? They all were energetic. They all had energy. Wow. And you can't have energy without health. You'll never succeed without the energy to do it. Because there's always going to be challenges and opportunities in front of you. And God wants you to be healthy enough, to be strong enough, to be full of energy enough that when you see an opportunity, you're able to jump on that opportunity and take it and sickness not be able to dictate to you what you can or can't do. Say amen to that. Because there's all things right now, there's things that all of us think about if I just had more energy to do. And so that's why I said that. And I know I've spent too much time maybe on it, but sickness is a thief. I've learned a long time ago, I could spend my time a whole lot better, instead of trying to treat symptoms in my body, I do a whole lot better enjoying that time with health. All right. uh, when I'm trying to get over something physically, come on, y'all have all been there. I'm just you making an illustration. Right. I do a whole lot better uh, FaceTiming Ezra. Right. My time could be spent better with my grand, youngest grandson, Ezra, FaceTiming, who loves right. to FaceTime Papa. Amen. 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 Love it, yeah. And, uh, okay, my time could be spent better listening to JP's jokes and laughing at them or just enjoying your children or your grandchildren and looking at what wonderful people they've become amazing people your children offspring have become and just basking in that rather than fighting off symptoms in your own body so I dare you to stand up strong and tall and come against these things these last scriptures I want to give you will help you if you'll look at this on the screen again Joel chapter 3 verse 10 is another scripture that I think is very powerful and it says let the weak say I'm strong so whatever lack of energy you're having today, stop saying it and make this your new confession. Yes. It says, let the weak say I'm weak. No. no, let the weak say I hurt. I'm strong. I'm just so I can't do it. No, no. He said, let the weak say I'm strong. Yes. 
Well, what is this the principle of? The principle of calling things that be not as though they were. But I want this to sink into your spirit today. If you start today, I dare you to make this your new confession. Is you don't talk your weaknesses, you talk your strength. You say, Brother James, I don't feel strong. I don't care. The Word of God says you're strong. So strong. Be strong in the Lord, the power of His might. So say what God said and watch how it begins to perfect healing in your own body by what the words of your mouth. So it says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Powerful, isn't it? In the, in the contemporary English Bible version, watch this. It says, let the weakling. You ever felt like you was a weakling? Come on, I see some of you grinning a little bit. You ever felt like you was a weakling? Didn't have the, he said, let the weakling say, I'm mighty. Not when he becomes mighty. Say it now while you're the weakling. Say, I'm mighty in God. And that ought to become our confession. The message puts it like this. I love this. It says, let the weak one throw out his chest and say, I'm tough and I'm a fighter. Now, here's that scripture on Acts 10, 38. We just say, notice underline, those that were oppressed of the devil, Jesus healed all that were oppressed of the devil. That's where the problem is. See, we're, let me tell you why this is big right here. You see where, where they said, let the weak say, I'm throwing his chest, say, I'm a strong, I'm a fighter, I'm, I can do something, let the weak say, I'm strong. They were, at that time, Israel, when God told them to say that, they were facing a great battle. Just like if God is revealing to us this morning that the problems we have in our body is oppression or tyranny of the devil trying to control us, then you realize you got a battle to cast off too. Say amen to that. I'm in a battle too. So when you look at the whole thing in Joel, here's what God actually said to him because they were facing a battle. He said, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Now, these were agricultural people, and God says, look, we're over here growing your garden, and the devil's messing with you. It's time to cast him off. So it says, you get your, your hoe and turn it into a weapon. So he said, here's the whole thing. He says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears, and let the weak say, I am strong. And then the next verse says, assemble yourselves, all you farmers. He said, assemble yourselves and come, all you heathen. Now, this is what our confession is. Let the weak say I'm strong and all you heathen, come on. You want to fight? Bring it on. That's the word, Thomas. He says, all you heathens, bring it on and gather yourselves together round about thither because the mighty ones are about to come down, oh Lord. In other words, come on. You've been coming against me, sickness. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, okay, again, go back to the message translation. Look at this. He said, let the weak one throw out his chest and say, I'm tough, I'm a fighter. So hurry up, pagans, prepare to be shattered by God. What what do you mean by that, Brother James? I say, you need to get up every morning and when something don't move just right, say, okay, come on, arthritis, prepare to be shattered by God. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. All right, cancer, all right, tumor, prepare to be shattered by God today. And you begin to talk to your joints and you begin to talk to things and all the things that have come against you and you say, devil, sick, can't, listen, whatever disease, leukemia, prepare to be shattered by God today. I am strong. And I love the way the message says, throw out your chest and say, I'm tough. I'm a fighter. I've got God's strength in me. And watch how the energy begins to come back to you. Amen. Say amen to that if you can see it. I've got to close here. This is just, I'm having more fun than y'all are though. So stop the devil's rule and just enjoy what God's got for you. And I dare you to get involved into this. Now, in closing, you might want to jot some of this down because this is what you're going to have to go to work on. If you start saying to the weakness, I'm strong, problems prepare to fall off of me. I dare you then to start taking advantage of every good thing that God's given you to restore your health back. Mm, now, here's what I mean. I, I was reading after a person one day, and I, I thought this was powerful. Here's, here's what he said. He said 95%, I, actually I think he said 98. Now, this was a man, 
in the, oh goodness, late 1800s, early 1900s, and I think he died the year I was born, born again, the year I was born again and went to ministry in 1980. And this was, he was not a preacher, he was just an author. And for our nation, in our nation, one of the, one of the great writers of America, uh, all of his work might not have been good. I'm not going to tell you his name because I don't know if I'd agree with everything he wrote. I don't know him that well. But I thought it was interesting. In the day when medical science was advancing, he saw all those new leaps and all this. And here's something he said. He said 98% of all infirmity or sickness, 98 of all sickness can be fixed, 98% of it now, can be fixed by a change of thought, and by, he put it like this. I'm going to put it to you a little different. But he said, by, secondly, by good hygiene. Wow. Now, I thought 98% of things could be fixed by change of thought. That's what the Word of God does, changes our thinking. Amen. I hope there's enough challenge of the Word today in this yes. room to challenge you to think, you know, I've been thinking myself sick. I'm going to think myself healed. Amen. Right? See, he said 98% of all infirmity can be reversed or, or fixed by just simply changing the thinking back to the word. And he said hygiene. I'm going to say it's more than, because I, I don't think we understand. We think hygiene means go wash your hands. And this was back not long after the day they were learning to start washing your hands before you did surgery, you know. Yeah, yeah. And this is why he came out of that era, see. And he was saying, he's saying, perfect, to me, perfect hygiene means more than just washing your hands, right. bathing. It means drinking good, clean water. Now, now you, you'd be surprised the number of people that laugh about, I don't ever drink water. And yet your body is, what is it? Morgan, how much percent is water in our body? 90, say it loud. 78%. 70 to 80%, around 75% average would say of your body is water and you don't ever drink it. You don't ever change the oil in your car. <laughs> you got to change the water daily, and that's what your, your kidneys are there to do. And I mean, we could talk about it. We ward off sickness and disease. In other words, God made an integrated system, integrated right. system called our body. That's and if good. you don't obey natural laws, Amen. you break natural laws, it'll kill you just as well as breaking spiritual that's laws. And so this is the thing. I'm closing here. But this thing, you got to stand up and say, I take the dare to Come be the healthiest. And I'm going to breathe in the fresh air that God's given me. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do the mile a day and the two mile, whatever it might be. Don't start out with climbing Mount Everest. We don't want to, we don't want to have your funeral on Mount Everest because you decided to start exercising by going Mount Everest. But I'm, you know, climb the, climb the curb to the gym, <laughs> you know, but start something. Do something. Strength, strengthen your body. Yes. Eat the right things. And look, it's going to get to a place, and I don't, they can't do it today, but you've got enough information to do it. You know good and well. There's things God already told you. This is going to ring a bell with some of you. Is stop doing the things God told you to stop doing and start doing the things God That's told right. you to start doing. Stop eating the things that God's already told you was dangerous for your body. Start eating the right things that God said was right for your body. Say amen to that, please. And drinking the good fresh water and drinking the right minerals and finding out things. It's all available to us. Are you hearing this? Start doing the right things. And, and put it on the inside. That's the hygiene that God's talking about. Clean out your body with fresh water. Clean out your body. And give yourself the right kind of sleep. And, and, and I don't know, most research says that you need, you know, everybody needs different hours of sleep. I know, but somewhere around six to eight hours. And, and, but yet we found, medical science has found that the real healing of your body takes place from 10 o'clock at night till 2 a.m. in the morning. That's the healing of your body, but it only works if you're in sound REM sleep, REM sleep. And if you, if you in other words, it don't happen while you're watching the late night show. Just because it's 10 o'clock. 
You've got to be in that REM sleep. You say, well, I just don't do that. I just don't get sleep. Ha, 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 ha. Listen, eventually, I don't know if it will today, your body's very resilient, but eventually it'll start showing up in your body and you'll realize, man, I wish I'd have taken better care. And so why not start today? And that's why I said, eat the apple a day, walk the mile a day, do the things that you know to do and do the right things. And I dare you to become the healthiest person. Look at this verse, Psalm 103, right quick and we'll close. Anybody happy to be here today? This is it. I'm, I'm closing, man. I tell you, this is it. It's worth coming. Now, don't fuss. We just, just sometimes we need these little lessons. So I said, well, yeah, I don't know why you keep us in church so long. Well, when you figure out why the doctor keeps you so long waiting on your appointment, how many would rather be in church than in the doctor's office? Amen. That's right. Amen. And I promise you, as long as you come to this church and spend your time here, I'll never give you one of those little gowns with the cut in the back. I promise you, I won't dress you indecent in this church. You know good and well, if you don't take the time to get the word here, you'll be sitting in that doctor's office. That's true. Amen. Wondering, how long is he going to keep us? Your time's better here. That's right. Amen. I'm closing. Psalm 103, last scripture I'm going to ask you to look up, and then I've got one on the screen, and we'll go home. But I just want you to take this stare today and just say, you know what? That's it. I'm, I'm turning today. I'm not going back to the sickness and the disease. This verse says, these are five verses, real quick. Verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, David said, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. It means be a real praiser and a thanksgiver to God. Bless, somebody said if you did write in praise and worship service like you're supposed to, you wouldn't have to take an aerobics class. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Keep reading. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, I won't talk about all of them, but look, here's one of the benefits. He forgives some of your sins. How many of them? All of them. You mean that one? That one too? He forgives all your sin. Now, shout about this one because it's what we're looking at today. And he heals all your diseases. All of them. There's not anything that's ever going on or is going on with your body right now that can't be reversed by God's power. You're just doing the right thing. Notice back to that word redeem. Verse 4, he redeems your life from destruction. He's crowning you, sickness and disease, so he wanted to destroy you, but he's crowning you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5, oh my goodness. And he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. There is a place in God that your youth starts being renewed. Now, the first thing he said, he satisfies your mouth with good things. Notice the word things, if you've got a King James Bible, is the word in italicized, right? The word things, that means it's not in the original. It means that they didn't know how to translate it because it actually, that word for things is actually the word words. So he says, he satisfies your mouth with good words so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So you get your, I'm strong in the Lord in Jesus' name. Never confess your sickness. Never confess your weakness or infirmity. Confess only strength and what God's done for your body. When Brother Hagen was raised up from the bed of affliction, paralyzed as a young boy, a teenage boy, he still had heart symptoms. He could feel his heart beating all over his chest, feel the valves not working right. I don't know what all was wrong. It was a deformed heart. And he said, even at 16 years of age, though God had raised him up from a bed of paralysis, Jack, he, he still had the heart symptoms. But everybody in the little town of McKinney, I got a pastor friend that, you know, Penny and, and Rick, they pastor in, in uh, McKinney, Texas. where Brother, Brother Hagen's house is still there where he took the ambulance ride through his last, he thought would be his last ride at 16 years of age through the town. And, uh, but then, of course, God raised him up from that, but he still had heart symptoms. If you've ever had heart beating off rhythm, you, you know it, you feel it. Uh, you know, the heart was actually made for you not to feel. And when, you, when you're sitting there in the morning, you think, man, why are they playing the stereo so loud? What's that? Boom, boom. Oh, that's your heart. Oh, that was my heart. Boom, boom, boom. 
Sometimes you go through that and you go, well, that's my heart. Why am I listening? God wants it to be running so smooth. Talmadge, can I tell that story of what you just told me happened about your car? You don't mind? That? Okay. The other day, Talmadge had his dog, uh, a dog, was it an animal? You said a dog in the car and had went in the mall. And somebody called the police and said, there's a dog in the car and it's hot, you know. Because and, uh, the car's just sitting there. But it's a hybrid. It was an electric. And he had it running, but you can't hear it running. So the police, the police came and, and, and to Tamage and said, what's going on? And, and you got the dog in the car and no heat and no air on. And Tamage said, stick your hand in the car. And the dog bit him. No, I'm just kidding. He stuck the hand in the car and it was air conditioned. You didn't hear it running. Well, your body's supposed to run like that. Well, you don't feel it. You don't think about it. The less you notice your body, the better off you are, right? I mean, your knees are good when it don't call attention to you, right? You know what I'm saying by that. I, okay. So, but God's wanting to renew that where we're back to that time. And, and Brother Hagin said, this is what I was going to tell you. He was 16 years old. Everybody was so thankful God had raised him up from a bed of paralysis. And they would call him the little miracle boy. And, but they knew he had a heart problem. They'd say, well, but Kenneth said, but how's your heart? And he said, well, my heart's none better. He said, I can feel it. And he would tell people that. And he finally went to the Lord. He said, Lord, why is it that you raised me up from this and I still got my heart beating off rhythm and I feel my heart? He said, what's wrong? And the Lord said, well, because when people ask you how your heart is, you tell them and as long as you're saying that, it's going to continue and grow worse. And, the, and, the, and Brother Hagin said, of course, he was just 16 year old boy. What preacher Hagin as we know him? He said, well, Lord, what do I say? I mean, because it's not, it's don't feel healed. He said, the Lord said, you just tell them what my word says, that with my stripes, you are healed. And he said, I started saying that. People say, well, how's your heart, Kenneth? And he said, well, by his stripes, I'm healed. And he said, I made that my confession. Next thing I know, I didn't have the heart trouble. And so well, let's keep our confession and watch our youth be renewed. Look at this on the last thing. Is this is Job? Don't turn there. Don't you don't have to turn there. This is Job 33, 24 through 25. The third reason I had the 24th verse. I'm not going to ask you to turn there. Time's gone. The 24th verse says, "I found a redeemer." He's yeah. talking about I found a redeemer. I found Jesus. And look what the next verse says. Let his flesh. Well, I'm going to ask you to turn there. Y'all looking at y'all looking at it anyway. Look at it right quick. It won't hurt you, Job. The door's not locked. You can slip out. I'm, I, this is it. Job 33. You just need to see this is worth your health. Yes. Oh, when y'all don't amen, I feel all alone. But it's worth your health. I found a redeemer. I found a ransom, the King James says. Now, this is it. Look at this. 24th. You're going to like that. You fix it. Those of you that are so Baptist, you don't know how to shout, you're fixing to shout. When I show you this. Look at this. Verse 24. You found it. Job 33, 24. Then he is gracious unto him and says, deliver him from going down to the pit, the pit of problems in life. And that's what we're talking about, the pit of sickness. For I have found a ransom. One translation says, I found a redeemer. I found the price that's been paid. We're talking about, we found Jesus that redeemed us. Now watch what will happen to the man that says, my Jesus is my redeemer. I found him. Verse 25, his flesh or her flesh shall be fresher than a child's and he shall return to the days of his youth. Yes, so the Amplified, now look now, watch this, get ready to shout, prepare to get excited. So the Amplified says, let his flesh, once you find your, your Redeemer, Jesus, let his flesh, his physical body be restored and become fresher than in youth. Let him return to the days of his youthful strength. That's where we're headed back is to the days of our youthful strength. The CSB version says, then his flesh will be healthier than in his youth and he'll return to the days of his youthful vigor. And finally, the easy to read version says, then that person's body will become young and strong again. He'll be as he was when he was young. And the message says, before you know it, you're healed. That very picture of health. Amen. Stand to your feet with me today. So I dare you, I challenge you, you take today, June the 2nd, 2019. 
to be the healthiest person. Amen. Take control of your body. Determine to become the healthiest, the strongest, and outlive every person that you grew up with. And say, you know what? I love you, but when you're dead and gone, I'm going to still be saying God's praises. Amen. Amen. Because the power of God is working in me today. Father, I thank you for every man and woman, boy and girl. If you need hands laid on you today, today you want to turn something around where sickness is in you. The Bible says lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. Slip out of your seat right quick and come up here if you want us to do that. And uh, otherwise, I want you to put your hand on yourself and take your healing. But we're we're here for you if you want us to. Say, in the name of Jesus, I receive Jesus as my healer today. And the healing anointing is working in me now. And I'm returning to the days of my youth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Father, we thank you, and that word will not return void. Somebody say, I take the dare. In the name of Jesus.